0: Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of Tungsudo Focus, a podcast concerning all things related to the Korean martial art of Tungsudo. My name is Steve Paterini and I will be your host and I am a longtime practitioner of Tungsudo, a fan and perhaps even karate geek if you will and I want to share my excitement and my knowledge with you and I thank you for coming on this journey with me. So my personal Tung Do journey began in the spring of 1997, when I first walked into the doors of Middlesex Tung Academy in Old Saybrook, Connecticut. My chief instructor has been plunging Steve Volker, for that entire time, and it has been quite a ride, and I wanted to take this first episode to give you some of the background uh, and my journey, even from childhood up to my current rank as a fifth don, and uh, what kind of drew me to martial arts and why I continue to practice to this day. So just to get this out of the way, this first episode is going to be a bit of an outlier from what I plan to do uh, on this podcast. My intention for this podcast is for it to be a resource to students uh, in Uh, future episodes, I plan to interview uh, senior instructors and masters to tap into their knowledge. I plan to share uh, my thoughts on Sudo philosophy and technique and even some uh, ideas on how to improve your training and your performance in competitions and such. Uh, But I felt it was important for me to uh, somewhat establish my credentials, or at the very least to share my own personal Tung Tzu Do journey from the, my youth all the way to my current age of 57. So uh, I hope you'll stay with me on this journey. And if that's not what you're interested in, please do check out some of the future episodes because those might be more your speed. Uh, if you don't want to listen to my biography, I totally understand. but Uh, in the future, I think that there will be something that is worth your time. I thought I might begin by just going a little bit over my personal martial arts journey uh, over my lifetime. Um, I actually, as a 7th through 12th grade student in high school, uh, was on the wrestling team. I was not a very athletic young man, and uh, wrestling did teach me Persistence and (laughs) how to deal with a great deal of suffering. The conditioning process for wrestling is legendary. And while I was not necessarily a successful wrestler uh, winning lots of matches, um, I very rarely got pinned because I was too stubborn to let somebody do that to me. And uh, again, it taught me a lot about toughness and persistence and conditioning. And so when I entered my uh, martial arts training. Period. A few years later, um, I had already been through some pretty serious physical uh, <laughs> trials, we'll call them, and uh, so the physical aspects of studying martial arts didn't uh, didn't deter me, and uh, I was not as exhausted or sore or uh, just uh, you know shocked by the muscles that were hurting and things like that when I first started training in martial arts. Another good thing about wrestling was it gave me a great sense of body awareness and balance and uh, just generally uh, allowed me to be familiar with, uh, you know, how to move and uh, center of gravity, uh, hips, things like that, that of course come into play later in my martial arts training. So as I mentioned, wrestling gave me my first taste of uh, martial arts or gave me a good foundation for my future career. And when I went off to college at Rochester Institute of Technology, one of the multiple choices for physical education credits were martial arts. And there were several different uh, options offered. And I remember going to a uh, open enrollment uh they had all the different teachers and coaches out there at tables trying to draw you into their particular disciplines and uh, i remember being struck by how cool the uniforms looked for the gentleman who was teaching northern shaolin kung fu and uh, of course with the old david carradine uh series back from the 70s that i had grown up on i was like oh yeah kung fu is for me and uh, i had the distinct pleasure of training under sifu jean duto who uh, was a stylist of northern shaolin kung fu and uh, for the, most of my four years of college, uh, intermittently, off and on, there were periods of intense training and periods where I just kind of uh, ghosted and walked away from it for uh, uh, to focus on other academic, more important academic endeavors. But boy, uh, that was my first introduction to martial arts, punching, kicking, forms, sparring, and uh, I just couldn't get enough that uh, a good friend of mine, Tom and I, used to uh, spar on the elevator lobby in the dorm that we lived in and Uh, you know, it was one of the highlights of our week. We'd show up early and stay late and then go back to the dorm and continue to train and work on self-defense moves and sparring and techniques. And of course, we got into nunchucks and throwing stars and Bruce Lee movies and all the other good stuff that goes along with that. Uh, 19, 20 years old, I refer to that as my foaming at the mouth martial arts period because I was just so absolutely uh, enthralled with it. And, uh, you know, young and still in shape for my wrestling years, I was able to uh, pick it up quite easily and uh, the only only problem with my Kung Fu career at college, I would say, uh, or training period, was that every time there was a testing uh, coming up, it also coincided with the end of the semester and I had a very Uh, Time-intensive major and since that was actually what I was going to school for um, I would end up missing the testing because I just didn't have the time to train and and participate in that So I did train for the better part of four years Uh, never achieved rank uh, Although rank in kung fu seemed to come a lot slower than it would in other martial arts Uh, you might test only once every 18 months two years to get to the first or second rank. But regardless, I learned a lot, made some great friends, and it was my first introduction to martial arts and something that I thought that uh, I would enjoy uh, and like to continue to do for the rest of my life. And uh, that took me through probably uh, the age of 22 and my senior year of college. So I finished college and my Kung Fu training up in Rochester. I moved back home to Manchester, Connecticut where I grew up. And within a few months, a new uh, Kung Fu Wushu teacher, uh, straight from Thailand, uh, opened up a fledgling school uh, in Manchester of all places. Uh, Master Mali Kao, who still runs a large Kung Fu Wushu, school there in manchester um was teaching and it was actually a taekwondo school at the time Uh, i think master Huang's school uh, was letting her have some space to train in a couple times a week and i read about it in the paper i don't even remember exactly how i found out about it but uh it actually uh became literally uh and and almost comically one of those things where uh she had moved to manchester because her family owned a chinese restaurant uh on uh, the other side of town from where I lived, and uh, before too long, uh, I was literally taking sword lessons in the back room of the Chinese restaurant. Um, They had like a little banquet space where you could put a table, maybe seated 20 people, and there were some, you know, rice paper screens and literally patrons uh, eating at the restaurant 10 feet away while I'm uh, jumping and doing crane stances and spinning a sword around in in my uh, uniform with my instructor. Uh, calling things out, it was uh, actually quite a fun and exciting period in my life. Uh, Molly was uh, new to America, uh, knew very little English, and was terribly excited. I had a good foundation in uh, the basics of kung fu uh, stances and things like that from my uh, training up in Rochester, and uh, she was uh, she was a, a nice lady and a lot of fun. Um, the emphasis was more on form. We did almost no self defense techniques, which. Uh, Was something i was very interested in at the time as a young man i thought the whole world was out to get me uh so anyway um trained with molly for probably a year and a half actually did some demonstrations at a chinese new year celebration at the chinese cultural center in south windsor one year Uh, that was pretty cool but um uh, because i was getting private lessons and because of the expenses involved um and probably something to do with the fact there was no self-defense focus in the training Um, I ended up uh, stopping training with her after probably a year and a half, Uh, but uh, that was the first place I ever picked up a sword and uh, learned how to properly do, you know, figure eights, butterflies, whatever you want to call them, and uh, 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 Tai Chi Juan, I believe is what it was called, Uh, and uh, it was Tai Chi Sword, Uh, very graceful, a lot of controlled slow moves, but also some uh, fast and dynamic things, Um, and uh, it was it was a great time, but uh, again, just another chapter in my growth and development. Before I began training in Tung Sido. so at about age 23 or 24, I stopped my martial arts training. Uh, I spent some time working out in a gold's gym and started my own business and met a nice lady who I eventually married, and we eventually had a child and. Fast forward to the age of 30 and uh, like many new parents, I wasn't getting enough exercise. I probably wasn't eating right and uh, was a little lethargic and uh, out of shape, putting on some weight and and just generally cranky. And my wife at one point said to me, hey, you know, you always talk about how much fun you had doing Kung Fu back in college. Uh, Why don't you start taking karate again? And I said, well, you know, that wouldn't be a bad thing to do. At the time, my son was about 18 months, maybe two years old, the toddler running around. It was uh, kind of a wild time. But uh, I, I found uh, a local uh, school. I was just, again, just total serendipity that I lived in the town of Old Saybrook at the time. And uh, it was the home of one of the uh, satellite schools for Middlesex Tung At that time, the, the mothership, the main academy, was in Clinton, Connecticut, about 10 minutes down the road. But... Uh, in any event, I signed up for my very first lesson uh, in April of 1997 and uh, met a young man by the name of uh, Charlie. At the time, he was a relatively new black belt and had to become the uh, <clears throat> the enrollment coordinator and uh, head instructor at the Main Street Old Saybrook School for Middlesex Six Tungsado. It was a pretty small place, but uh, it was great, and uh, Charlie was a good instructor, and uh, it rekindled my passion. And uh, appreciation for martial arts Uh, right away. There were some definite stylistic differences um, between Kung Fu and Tung Su Do, uh, even though there is a Chinese connection to uh, the Korean martial art of Tung Su Do. But uh, anyway, I trained under Charlie for uh, several years. Um, I hit a point uh, at the time we still had brown belts, which now I think would be like uh, red, red, black. Uh, Yeah, yeah, uh, dark red. A red white somewhere around there we used to have uh, brown belts and uh, i was starting my business and uh you know coming home from work tired and uh was maybe only training two or three times uh, a month four times a month five times a month and uh was missing uh key uh, testing cycles because of my lack of attendance and uh so about four years in i was still a good year away from black belt and I uh, had, you know, not lost interest, but uh, I was just having trouble uh, seeing it through to the end. And uh, it was also a period of time where I went back to grad school uh, to uh, begin to pursue my uh, eventual career as a, as a school teacher. And uh, I've, I've heard the old saying. Uh, if you want something done, give it to the busiest person, you know, uh, (laughs) while working full-time and attending grad school was when I, uh, rededicated myself to getting my black belt and, uh, training Tung Sido and I hit my requisite classes. And finally, in February of 2003, I was invited to my first Don test. Took about six years from the time I started to, uh, actually get to my first Don test and, uh, that was a pretty big event for me, and uh, again, uh, a lesson to me in uh, perseverance. Uh, people who train regularly and hit all their attendance uh, milestones can usually get their black belt in four, four and a half, maybe five years, and it took me six years, and I often joke that I may hold the uh, the record in our uh, school for being stuck at brown belt the longest and then still making it the black belt. But uh, that was sort of the early years of my uh, Sudo training. And uh, somewhere in that period of six years, too, they uh, got rid of the uh, Main Street Old Saybrook School and actually closed down the mothership in Clinton and moved to the current location on Route 1 in Old Saybrook, which is a large studio. Uh, And that was uh, where most of my training has occurred for the past 26 years. And of course, uh, you know, reaching the rank of first on a first degree black belt um, is often a milestone for people. And uh, for many martial arts students, it becomes the end of their journey, unfortunately. And uh, I would equate it to uh, getting a bachelor's degree in college where uh, a college student graduates after four years and uh, thinks they are uh, the end all be all and know everything and then they go into industry and find out that they they don't know squat and uh, that they're going to have to be retrained and learn everything they need to on the job. Uh, I think again what a a college degree uh, signifies is that you have a level of, uh, you know, teachability and that you can follow instructions and have some level of persistence and responsibility that would make you a useful employee to train. Um, I would compare that to the black belt where black belt basically to me uh, indicates a certain base level of ability that means now you can begin your training and start to learn the good stuff I would call it the uh the more complicated things and the nuances of your martial arts. So, um, yeah, so I began as a first degree black belt. It also kind of coincided at a time in my, uh, personal life where, uh, my, uh, wife had left her corporate job of many years, uh, kind of from a, a position of burnout, and uh, I actually said to Master Volker, hey, listen, uh, to offset the cost of my tuition, can I teach? And uh, he put me on the payroll, and I was teaching children's classes and the occasional adult class um, for, uh, <clears throat> again, maybe an 18-month, two-year period there. Uh, a lot of lessons learned there. Um, full disclosure, I've never been a studio owner or, uh, again, uh, owned my own martial arts school, uh, but I have been on the payroll at Middlesex and uh, again, as a more senior student, I think you just become by default a teacher of your juniors. And uh, that has sort of been my position. Uh, I think recently my mom asked me, she's like, now, are you an instructor uh, or not? And I was like, well, yes and no. I mean, I'm currently not on the payroll, but I'm also uh, <laughs> Would like to think I'm a valued member of the uh, of the school, and as one of the more senior students, um, uh, recently Master Volker and Master Stickle were at a tournament uh, on a Saturday morning, and I stepped in, taught the classes there, and and there was no uh, disruption in uh, in offering uh, the training opportunities to our students. So anyway, uh, there I am, the first on. I'm, I'm teaching some. I'm learning. Again, uh, it was it was to the point now where we're starting to learn some really interesting things. And uh, I uh, was still young enough, let's see, at that point I would have been uh, you know, 36, 37, 38 years old. Uh, I still had some physicality, uh, still had some cartilage in my knees <laughs> at that point. Uh, and uh, was doing some, uh, some pretty uh, active martial arts, uh, competing regularly uh, in local tournaments and uh, just enjoying the whole process. Uh, tested for Second on and that was a great experience. Uh, Someday I may do a a podcast devoted to my uh, different Don testing experiences because there's some good stories there. But uh, did that continue to train? And once again, you you begin to notice as you go through your – higher and higher testing opportunities uh one they come further spaced apart but you find that the people that tested with you for black belt uh now there's a lot fewer of them and when you test for your third don and then for your fourth Don, your uh, kodanja master test uh, you look around and the the 20 people you tested with uh you know so many years ago now there's two people from that uh, group remaining. And uh, again, over the years, unfortunately, people lose interest or, uh, you know, drop out uh, for whatever reasons. Um, you know, one thing I will say when I run into people I've known from uh, Tung Sido throughout the years, i see them in the, you know, supermarket or something and, oh, how's it going? Are you still training? I always say yes, because that's <laughs> the truth. And uh, I just, you know, without any judgment or anything, I just say to them, hey, we're still here. So we're still here. We're still training. Come on back. And uh, one of my great pleasures of the past uh, maybe you know, 20 years or so has been to see people who have been away for long periods of time uh, return and sometimes bringing their children with them. Uh, they go off kids that have gone off to college and started their lives and careers and then come back in their 30s or 40s with their children uh, and, and tie the belt back on. That's a, that's a pretty cool situation as well. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, one more uh, kind of notable
1: uh,
0: uh, milestone or benchmark in my Tung uh, career or training uh, as a second Don uh, was somewhere around that time I turned 40. And for my 40th birthday, uh, I was uh, very <laughs> into board breaking at the time. And so for my 40th birthday, I came in uh, one evening and uh, set up and broke 40 boards in uh, one evening. Two at a time, using different techniques and uh, different combat sets from forms and such, and uh, with a lot of help from uh, Master Whitbread, and Master Volker, and some other uh, black belts holding for me, I was able to work my way through a pile of boards that just about came up to my shoulder, and uh, that was something that I'll, I'll always, uh, always look back on as uh, one of my uh, one of my cool accomplishments in uh, tung Sido. So I spent the requisite three years as a second Don, uh, training pretty regularly. Uh, Looking back, I've got some video I captured of myself back in those days and uh, find myself in my uh, late 30s, early 40s, um, you know, a a much better place physically than I am now in my uh, mid to late 50s, Um, envious of my flexibility and speed and condition, uh, (laughs) waistline, things like that. But, um, you know, I also cringe a little bit at some of the techniques uh, that I was uh, performing or how I was performing them as a second on. Of course, fine for that rank. But now uh, a few years down the road, I, I see all sorts of glaring errors. And I think we're all very tough on ourselves. when We review our work, especially uh, on video. That's uh, an interesting uh, mirror that shows warts and all what you're uh, really doing at any given moment in time. But I digress. Uh Trained as a second Don for the three years, tested for third Don, um, and then continued training regularly. Uh, again, stepping in as an instructor as needed, uh, judging at tournaments, competing at tournaments, um, all the things you would expect a high-ranked student in a uh, tung Sudo Academy to, uh, to be a part of. And uh, after four years and some change, I think, uh, I was invited to my first Kodansha to test for Master Rank It was a great experience, life-changing, I would almost call it, and uh, I was 46 at the time. Again, uh, envious of the physicality of those that were still in their 20s and 30s that were testing alongside me. I think I was the oldest uh, person on the floor that day, or those days. Um, (laughs) And uh, once again, my Kodanja uh, experiences might be another good topic for a podcast at some point in the future. But uh, that was my uh, Kodanja uh, at age 46. Uh, became master Stephen Paterini, which took a lot of getting used to. A uh, little bit of imposter syndrome there where I felt like uh, you know I couldn't be of the same rank as those other masters that I had such a uh, great respect and uh, uh, awe of that their uh, their martial arts skill and uh, stature and everything else, but uh, with time, I felt like I grew into that uh, into that role. And another five years later, uh, at fifty-one, I guess it would have been somewhere around there, I uh, was invited to my fifth Don Kodanja test, and uh, again was able to test with some friends, uh, Master Vargas from Brown Tung and uh, Master Stickle, who of course is. Uh, <coughs> from uh, Middlesex Tungso Academy, a uh, full-time employee and uh, instructor there. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was my journey to uh, my current ranking as uh, fifth on. And uh, as I said, uh, just, you know, I, I, I refer to myself as a white belt who just was too stubborn to ever go away and uh, often sometimes feel... Uh, <laughs> look around and wonder why everyone's bowing to me or why I'm all the way in the front line on the right corner. Uh, after all the great martial artists that have come ahead of me, um, for whatever reasons, uh, I'm still here and, and many of them are not. Um, but, uh, I try to stay humble and, uh, take it all in stride and, uh, try to be the best example of a, uh, you know, Tung student first and, uh, you know, hopefully teacher or mentor to others, uh, second and, uh, Again, uh, the, the innumerable ways that Tung Sido has touched my life and improved uh, myself, my character, my health, all of those things. Uh, <laughs> boy, we don't have enough time to even get into that, although I'm sure I'll touch on it in future podcasts. But uh, I just wanted to give you a, just kind of a quick, I guess, not so quick synopsis of my uh, Tung Sido journey up to uh, the current uh, 2023 uh, period of time. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my personal tungso Sudo journey. I promise in the future that uh, podcast topics will be a little more focused uh, on Tung Sudo topics. I might get into things like kicking or self-defense or uh, just different uh, principles and uh, uh, philosophical um, uh, subjects within uh, the, the area of Tung Sudo. But uh, again, one thing I found after 26 years, and of course, Master Volker always uh, reinforces is that it's a... Uh, It's a living art, and uh, we are living beings that are always constantly changing and learning. And uh, there is always something new that I'm working on and always something yet to learn, which makes it exciting and and keeps you from getting bored or stagnant. And why at 56 years old with 26 years of training under my belt, I'm maybe just as excited and enthusiastic as I was as a white belt so many years ago uh, on that Main Street school, uh, meeting Charlie for the first time. Um so thank you for your kind attention listening to the inaugural uh podcast of Tung Sudo Focus. I uh hope that this will be an ongoing uh podcast that will continue to uh enrich us all. Thank you and Tungsu. I would like to personally thank you for listening to this very first episode of Tung Sudo Focus, my personal Tung Sudo journey and I thank you for your kind attention. Please like, subscribe, and share. Do spread the word about this podcast, and please check out future episodes that might be more informative to you, and have a great day. Kung Soo.